Yes, sir. This is Maserati West, Wes Barkley, and you're listening to the best wrestling podcast out there, Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're always ready. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on in Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's One Step Ahead. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at Whatamaneuver. .net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's One Step Ahead. Already introduced myself, and we have this week Charlie Potters. Hey yo, what's up? And we have Stacy. Hey, what's up, man? This uh this is gonna be a very, very interesting episode in for many different reasons. And I think uh for me, I thought this was a great show as a whole, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Before we go any further talking about anything, Stacy, I want you to uh, hand the microphone over to Pam, and uh, we're going to get a little little review on the Brownie Sunday. All right. All right, Pam. So you are someone who loved the Brownie Sunday. You, you've raved about it on the show a lot. Let's, uh, let's get your review on this Brownie Sunday. So we've been to the Todd Moore, I don't know how many times over the last couple of years. And yes, I fell in love with the brownie sundae. Uh, it was this big fat brownie just covered in whipped cream and chocolate and ice cream because obviously it wouldn't be a Sunday without it. Uh, but it was delicious, right? So I, since my birthday of last year, because that's when the last show was, I have like... Uh, yeah, two whatever. No, it's 2021 right now. So 2020 was. Oh yeah, was so that, not two that. years ago yet. Call call me horses. Um, but so yeah, like over a year and a half, I've wanted a brownie Sunday, and I look forward to it. And just like the Winchester, I uh, set myself up for some disappointment there. Brownie Sunday was literally brownie bites. Like what the actual hell? I could have went to the store and did what you did at home like and did yeah i was four fucking dollars for two brownie bites a scuba ice cream and some shit and then not only was the brown the brownie sundae was so disappointing i was like you know what i'm gonna try other food because i usually only get a brownie sundae and that's it but i was starving i hadn't eaten in days so in addition to the brownie sundae i also had an order of cheese fries their french fries taste like old burger king french fries and for the dollar that i paid for the cheese i did not get nearly enough uh 
fries in general tasted like shit. Cheese was okay. And then Rick got nachos, and I was like, ooh, let me try a nacho. That was the grossest tortilla chip I've ever eaten in my entire life. And I work at a Chipotle where people make bad tortilla chips all the time. That was the stalest. Swear to God, had been also sitting there since my birthday last year. (laughs) And then I got a walking taco. And albeit that may have been the best thing that I got from there, only because the Doritos saved it. It was made with real Doritos, but it didn't have enough seasoning and still tasted pretty bleh. Um, But out of everything, that was the best thing that I had, and that's not saying much. So overall, shame on the Tadmore. I'm very, very sad. Um, Yeah, super disappointing. We'll not be spending any concession money there unless it's on pop, which is a little outrageous, $2 for a can. But, I mean, I get you're trying to make money. Um, Yeah, Brownie Sunday, uh, 1 out of 10. Everything else, 0 out of 10. Big sad, big sad. You were so excited when you had your brownie sundae in your hand too, Justin. Like, I was so excited. And when I saw you and I'm like, yes, I'm going to get it. And that was the big, oh, man, oh, such a disappointment. Yeah, a part of me in my head was like, what's the big deal about this? Then I had seen your tweet that they had changed it. It used to be like a regular, like, homemade brownie. And I I do think that (laughs) that would made a a much bigger difference. I was hungry, too. Uh, I rarely ever buy concession food. But I was being hungry as I was. I grabbed a hot dog because I knew I could wolf one of those down pretty quick and then eat the brownie sundae. And I mean, the hot the hot dog was a hot dog. It's you can barely fuck up a hot dog. I mean, you can. But yeah, it's it, it was, was good old roller dog. It, yeah, it still looked like crap, too, though. Like Brock had uh, hot dogs and said that they weren't that great. Um, well, here's the thing about that. Like, as I was watching them spin, because it wasn't like a regular roller dog. It's like almost like Ferris wheel type thing. Like yeah. some looked normal. Other ones look like Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, um... I I noticed that, too. I noticed that, too. And I was lucky, and I got a good one. So... Yeah. That that, yeah, that I, 100% I, saved I, me. I don't eat hot dogs unless it's from the Brighton Hot Dog Shop. So I, I was avoiding those hot dogs, for sure. Pretzel looked tolerable. I did not eat a pretzel, surprisingly. I thought about it, because I was trying to figure out what I would get with the sundae, and that's why I settled on the hot dog. But yeah, I bounced around between a lot of things. I'm happy I didn't grab the nachos because that would have really sucked. Oh, you would have been so mad, dude. So mad. So well, on that note, my I would say my timer is going off downstairs. So I've got to run unless you have any more questions. Oh, I was just going to say 2021 is the year uh, Pam's favorite concessions went to shit. Oh, dude, 2021 completely took a shit all over my favorite food places for wrestling. Like, I'm I'm so sad. I'm glad I've never been to Pound. So when I go there this month, <laughs> that my expect- expectations are not ruined because um, I might love coming to Pound. Who knows? The, so. the moral of the story is at least we have smoke and cheese barbecue. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus for Brock. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Pam. Yep. Have a good night, guys. All right. So let's get into the show. And um, I always like I definitely like to talk about meet and greets. Uh, there was two big ones for this, and I know I'm going to be the only one here that. Well, I think I'm the only one that did either of them. I did both of them. One was Matt Cardona. I got a picture of me flicking him off because he says he doesn't like Chris Farley, so I had to get that picture done. How many done. times do you like honest question? How many times are you going to pay for that meet and greet? This is what your third, fourth. Um. I gotta figure every time. Like, if I want to count every single time. This even goes back to WWE. I met them at Access. I met them at 
uh, live sh- uh, the major wrestling figure podcast live show. The I did the Nick Gage shirt one where I was flicking him off at major announcement. I did the Toy Hyo meet and greet, and this one. So f- I'm at five. I'm I'm pretty much done. I've done every picture that I've wanted to do, especially I the main one for this one too because actually uh, he did cut me a little slack because I did want two pictures. And instead of charging me for two, giving him credit, he actually is like, no, I'll cut you a deal. Just, just one price. Uh, and I got, I got a picture with me and him in my wrestling chair shirt. So I think now I'm done. I've done, I've done the, the toy Hyo one with stomp flicking him off. Cause of Nick gauge flicking him off. Cause he didn't like Chris Farley, which that came up recently of me wanting to do it. If he never said that, I don't know if I would have done that one, but yeah, I think I'm, so it's very possible he'll say some other dumb shit that will make you spend money to flip him off again. <laughs> he's Broski's out there right now just scouring your Facebook page to see what else <laughs> shit on. Like he's gonna come up that he hates Ghostbusters all of a sudden or something. No, I mean no, that's no that he loves Is that Ghostbusters. A you're gonna get eventually, like you and him both in your Ghostbuster outfits. <laughs> Is that gonna be? I'm I'm just picturing as a whole me coming to AIW and like all my Ghostbuster stuff. And I'm not talking about like wearing a shirt. More ridiculous than him coming to AIW and all of his Ghostbusters. I didn't. Say, well, I would say like not just at <laughs> AIW, like other places because I've seen him other places too. But no, I don't. I don't. You, I don't. Two, you two could go to Comic Con together. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else he could say something about, and I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. Now, I don't even think if he said like he didn't like ICP because I'd be like, yeah, I don't. I figure you don't like ICP. But so so I did that one, and then also. Like, we can get into it now. Fucking Thunder Rosa. Like, holy shit. Like, contender for guest of the year. Guest of the ever. Like, so, like, as far as what she did during the show for AIW, I tweeted about it. But, man, I have never seen anyone have more fun coming into AIW as a guest. Like, the whole intermission became, like, the Thunder Rosa show. It was amazing. Like she was a, she was fucking great with the fans. I, every interaction I saw her have with a fan was uh, incredible. Those little girls that were dressed up like her, she made them feel fucking super important. Uh, she did the motherfucking raffle. There was like comedy time with Steve guy. It was man. She just looked like she was having the best time ever as a guest. Like plenty of people have came and have had a lot of fun. Like, outside of the show you know what i mean but yeah she had a lot of fun at the show uh and dude like top if if she's not the top guest ever she's got to be like top three uh thunder rosa fucking rules i think a huge part of that too is she has her own promotion so she probably knows like what to get out of fans and how to like handle stuff like that and then being like a big star now like and she was, yeah, she was a bull old ball of energy the whole time. And just really, I was really impressed too. Like it, usually I don't pay too much attention to the guests, but she was, there was no way to not pay attention and watch what she was doing the whole intermission and stuff. So, and we'll, we'll get into like the match and everything. Cause I think that was, it was a great match. Kind of got the ending. I would, I figured, but like the way certain things were handled, just whether it was forced or not, I felt like, like, it, it was a cool it was a very cool moment and like just like we said as a whole like a fantastic guest i'm trying to figure if if thunder rosa is towards the end of the spectrum of you know great guests like who's the opposite end like 
some of the worst guests. The only ones, like one of the ones I think of is not he was a bad guest. It's literally everybody's photo with him looked the same to the point of it almost looked like a cardboard cutout. And that was Dean Malenko. Oh, but man, Dean Malenko is Dean Malenko. What did yeah. you expect him to do? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Dean Malenko's on the short list of people that I've paid for a photo op with, and he ruled. Dean Malenko was cool. I think the only other one I could think of, but it's not. It was it was an AIW show, but it was also at a mini convention. So I think this guest was more part of the convention, and that was fucking Greg the Hammer Valentine. And that's just oh, miserable well, Greg the Hammer Valentine. That dude's miserable all the time. There's pictures of him sitting in his house being miserable. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 cool to see someone come into AIW and just have that much fun as a as a special guest. And yeah, I, I, th- I thought she was she was cool. She she was someone too that I think I think I mentioned on the preview that I I thought we were gonna get her a long time ago, especially with you know Holly Dead being like someone who was like almost at every GNO it seemed like for a while. She was a regular and she was coming around Cleveland as a whole. So I was like, oh, and like we should we should get Thunder Rosa soon. Like and it never happened. So seeing her come into was uh, cool shit. Yeah, man. I, I know her availability is probably real weird because of AEW and shit. But yeah. That's somebody who I, I can't imagine isn't on the list of Hey, Bring Back, you know? Oh, yeah. She, uh, she was great. And while I didn't do either meet and greet, I do have autographed photos from, from both Cardona and Thunder Rosa out of the meet and greets. So Did Jayhawk do the meet and greet? Jayhawk did the Thunder Rosa, and he just wanted the photo. And I told him if uh, I, I bought him dinner, we had um, Swenson's, and uh, I told him since I bought him dinner that if he did the autograph, just give me the autograph, and we'll call it even. So that's what we did. Then so, how'd you get the Cardona one? So I wanted a one of the show posters because obviously I had a hand in um, the name of the show. Yeah. So I just wanted it for memories and um, they uh, I was told it was 20 bucks and I was like, okay. And they're like, well, do you, it's either it's 20 bucks either way, either it's autographed or not. And I was like, well, I guess give me the autographed one with Cardona. So, cause that's the first official picture that was out of it. So mm-hmm. that's uh, I have that now. So All right, that's cool. And then I did my own little uh, cool autograph meet and greet thing. I, I bought a um, one of those movie clapper boards from, uh, Spirit of Halloween, and I had Ziggy and Derek sign it and fill it all out, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hang that up on my wall. So. I gotta get the one that I have on my wall down with the previous production, and have Ziggy add her name to that one. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Rick for for the paint pen because without him that that would not have happened. I did not bring a paint pen, and he luckily had one, and it came out great because it was gold and it looked awesome. Uh, did you get any other pictures? Oh yeah, um, my favorite picture of the night was uh, of me and uh, our friend Levi Everett and Ziggy Heim and uh, the Butter Turner. And uh, I decided I was going to start taking just really fun, like random photos with wrestlers that it like made no sense. So you know, Ziggy was was helping with the butter turning, and uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Who took that picture? You did. Get any other pictures? Sure, with Kaplan with me. <laughs> And uh, everybody said Kaplan looked angry or tired, and it, I, I don't think that was just it. I think uh, this was after his match, so uh, he he was very friendly. We we had a good conversation uh, for the most part. So he was just worried about there being sauce on his beard. So 
And I took that picture too. Yeah, and then you blurred me out of your picture with Effie, so. Yeah, because I didn't want a photobomb in it. Like, there were four pictures taken. If you, like, looked away on one, I'd be like, all right, cool. No, you didn't. But I, I also wasn't making any faces. I was just smiling. My natural, beautiful face. That was, that was too much for you, I know. I mean, I only edited you out of one. I mean, there's still three others. I mean, they look the same, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, getting an, uh, another picture with Effie, another 8x10 with Effie. I forgot that I bought one from him, and then I was going through all my 8x10s because a uh, side note uh, in a Facebook group, someone wanted to see a lot of, like, Dan Housen stuff, and I had to, like, <laughs> dig through a lot of this shit that I have. So I was going through all my 8x10s because they're a little bit scattered in a drawer of, like, like a, an order. So I was going through them, and I, like, come across the Effie one that I bought, obviously a black label, and I was like, oh, shit, I already had one. All right, whatever. Just, just going through. But dude, speaking of Danhausen and photos, that photo of him and Suzuki is fucking hilarious. I love it. Yes. On a on a side note, like especially like with, with the three of us, and I feel like we've talked about it before, but it still blows my mind of how big Danhausen has got. And then I know I, all these people now like are big into like collecting Danhausen stuff. And when I throw out just some of the stuff that I bought back when he was doing homemade shit, which that's when we were all like, this shit is awesome. I mentioned that to people and they're like, what? Like, I literally mentioned like, oh yeah, the Dan Housen VHS. They're like, where do I get one? I'm like, you can't. <laughs> Those were made in like 2019. And I think Dan Housen's to the point where he's like, I I have enough money, which granted he's not like super rich. I mean, he is, but he, you know, he's not spending that time to like paint the mask anymore and to paint the caskets and to do the candles and all that, all that shit. Like, he'll, he'll pay to get it done. So, yeah, like, you're not seeing a fucking Dan Housen VHS, which all it is, for those who've never seen it, it's just some of those older Dan Housen promos where he wasn't speaking. Like, you can see him on YouTube, it just transferred to VHS, which I think is cool as shit. Yeah, I still have all his uh, pins that were made by Pollyanna DIY. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, these people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to collect all the Dan Housen stuff. And it's like... You're going to spend a lot of money trying to find all this stuff that's like no longer made, very hard to come by. Like, well, and I mean, there are <clears throat> there are some masks that are like one of ones. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you're never you're never going to own. They're just they were made for that person. And that's that uh, there are things that are like things he did is just like weird one offs for a minute. Just to like he had an idea and he just made a thing like those fucking coffins. Mm-hmm. They were just like craft store coffins that he painted and then put cool shit in like you got like a pin and a thing of teeth and some stuff in it sticker or two i think but like that shit that like i don't even know how many of those there are i know i have one i don't think there's that many there can't be more than like a hundred or two um but so those are going to be fucking hard to find you know Mm -hmm. and then i mean to bootleg one really all you have to do is buy a fucking craft store coffin and paint it black and I mean, I guess you have to have the shit for the inside of it, but and you get like the face, how he how he does it. I mean, granted, if you find a picture of one, you could you could do it. I think even too, like you talk about the we talk about the mask, the paper masks. I think I'm the only one with a they live mask, which I I don't think it's it's necessarily supposed to be the actual they live. It's supposed to be his face paint they live, uh, and then even with when he started doing the mask of his face paint, the regular one. Mm-hmm. within like a four month span, maybe a little bit longer, he made changes to the face paint. So those masks change like 
there's a, there's a group picture we did at an absolution with people wearing masks and there was like one or two people that bought one that day and then you had like me uh butters i think you had to use one that was there maybe right no i had mine okay you had yours you could see like ours were older like an earlier version so even that it's like yeah i have this version of the Danhausen mask but i didn't have like one of the later ones or even like some of the ones in the middle because like we talk about them being one of ones it's like yeah like he he changed shit on the fly yeah and i think he did so i was gonna have him do one at one point and i never had him do it uh i was gonna have him do an integrity one but i think he did a converge one for baddest maybe um so like the jane doe makeup that he had done once or twice yeah yeah that dude made so one of the things that like made dan Housen stand out was the fact that he did real unique like diy merch very much like a, a hardcore band or a punk band would do when you know necessity creates uh, you know ingenuity i guess you know you you work with what you have you come up with some creative ideas and you, you find some shit to sell that's you know, low, low cost investment that you can turn around and make a little bit of money off of. And yeah, he's not at that point anymore. I mean, the last masks he had done were those sweet fucking blow mold plastic masks in the, in the boxes. Yep. Um, those fucking ruled too, but like, that's something where, yeah, you just have to submit the designs and then a company makes the shit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you can get to that point where you can afford to do that, of course you're going to fucking do that. Oh yeah. Um, I wish more folks at uh, indie wrestler level, though, would kind of pick up on the shit he used to do and find shit like Levi does it a little bit. Levi's got like the birdhouses or whatever. Mm -hmm. He used to bring birdhouses. I don't know if he still does. He yeah, he had one at this show. I haven't seen him at every show, but I know like before, like UXWA around that time when he was doing stuff there, I saw it there in at least one this time. Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I just, you know, you've got to find something that works for you, right? Like, everybody can't sell the same shit somebody else is selling. It just doesn't make sense, right? But, like, to find something of that nature, like, you know, Levi selling little bird houses or whatever, I just think there's there's something cool about that. Like, uh, and you'll be able to get people to, it, it makes more of a connection, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, this is something this person made. As opposed to like, oh, this is something this person sold me that they had me. Yeah. Even if it's like screen printing your own shit. You know what I mean? Like if people know that you pulled the screens yourself, uh, there's there's definitely a market for that. I mean, the band Converge, like part of the appeal of a lot of their merch, like their limited merch on tours is like, oh, there are these fucking posters. And you know that Jake Banyan pulled the screens on all of them um same with like some tour limited seven inches and shit like that so it's just finding the equivalent of that to fit like your gimmick table for for whatever you're doing um but yeah i just i wish more folks on the indies would would kind of take that ball and run with it because there's money to be made there's money out there on the table i think it's hard to figure for everybody what works great for them because dan Housen was able to find some things that work great for him uh levi same with him i haven't seen them yet but how members only have their own like membership cards mm -hmm. i heard of it because i know i've uh that the the aces show they had them but since they they weren't selling gimmicks at this this show i, I couldn't pick one up i'm like oh that's that's something different that's something i like and you don't see as much right because i think we we just 
last thing I'll say on it, just like with a lot of merch stuff, which I'm not complaining, you have like the certain things that work, which is great. But any way to get out of that and do something that stands out, because, you know, it was the beginning of 2019 when we were all just like, look at this shit Dan Hounds is doing. This is fucking awesome. And he'd always, it was just new shit every time. And now he's doing it on a, a little bit bigger scale, but it's awesome. Like the thing that I always wish that would actually would have happened, but long story short, we got fucked over. There was supposed to be a Danhausen Ouija board, and that went through. See, that's that that's was gonna be awesome, rad. But that would be very cost. Like you've got a, a cost involved in making that. Wow, Jesus. Well, well, we can get into it at the end of the show off mic, but uh, there's a reason why it didn't happen, and there was. I'll just say there was a middleman. Yeah, and that was probably the problem. Sure, that's it, usually the problem. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you the piece of merch I wish. Uh. And if he doesn't do it, then fucking Warhorse should do it. Or somebody somebody whose gimmick uh, fits with, like, metal, right? Uh, when I was a kid, because I'm old, and you would go to the fair, uh, you would go to the game where you throw the darts at the fucking balloons, right? And you, you've won a prize at this level, and you keep going, oh, now you've won a prize at this level. One of the things that you could buy were these pictures behind like they so eventually some at some point it switched to like just being like a piece of glass and a cardboard frame with like just a a little five by five poster behind it but when i was younger when i was probably like 10 you would go and there would be like maybe a metallica one and a megadeth one and like a guns and roses one maybe like van halen or something but they were mirrors with screen print on the fucking mirror, still in that fucking shitty cardboard frame, but they were fucking Coke mirrors with a fucking band on them. Dude, a fucking Matt Justice Coke mirror or like a Warhorse Coke mirror. They're just, they'd be hard to transport, right? Like <laughs> you don't want them broken in your fucking gear bag or whatever. Uh, but I don't know why somebody hasn't done that. Like if you could pull screens on your own, and just fucking buy some mirrors and do the deal and make them. I think there's a market for that. There's there's like nostalgia, at least for a certain group of people for that. All right, enough with merch talk. Let's get into this show because I think we got through a lot of the, the meet and greet stuff and all that. And we, well, obviously started the show with a match. That match was Wes Barkley versus Eric Taylor versus Chuck Stone versus pretty boy smooth i thought this was a a great match to start off with with just these four in general and everything that's been going on uh, online with a lot of their their promos building up this match and you have you know two younger competitors and two uh two other competitors that are very familiar with each other and got a vendetta with each other thoughts on this match stacy Ah, I like this match a lot. I I very much liked that going into it, there were a lot of promos to hype this match up, which I I have not seen like people really going into it deep with their promos lately. And all four of these guys kind of did. I really like that. I thought this match moved along really well. I uh, I dug this match. I liked it a lot. How about you, Butters? This is a good opener. Uh, lots of action. Lots of crazy stuff happening. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the crazy thing with this is, uh, I mean, just obviously this can easily happen with the preview show of three people being on. Nobody picked the winner. 
but I was in between of picking him and uh, Chuck Stone. But nobody picked Pretty Boy Smooth. Nobody picked Pretty Boy Smooth. I I was close, but I really thought Chuck could have pulled this off, and it would, I thought it would have been a really great win too for him. Well, yeah. You know, man, I think that one of the things I really liked about this match was that going into it, it was a real wild card. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a match where there wasn't somebody you could look at in this match and be like, well, there's no way they're fucked. You know? Like, it was real open. You know, anything was possible. And I, I think that's part of what made the match real. I told him in person after the show, but I want this to be highlighted. Mikey in a suit looks great. And he put enough thought and effort into what he was going to wear to the ring to the point of like it 100% fit him, you know, being, being with the Duke. And I genuinely think he, he looked like a million bucks, uh, in a suit. I thought, I thought he looked awesome. Yeah. That nice smoking Jay's barbecue pin on there. And, uh, obviously <laughs> since he's sponsored by them and he looked really dapper as he flew through the air to the outside when PB threw him out there. So, I think when I talked to him, uh, the health update he gave me on his hand was he's, he's able to make a fist now. So that's that's very good to hear. Any other thoughts on this match? I, I don't think there's like a lot of like crazy highlights, but I think as a whole, like like I said, great start and genuine love all four of these guys. Uh, I would say this. Eric Taylor continues to impress. Oh, yeah. yeah. I specifically really enjoyed his promo the most out of uh, everybody's uh, before. That, that he put out i thought it was really well done and uh, i really enjoyed it i even told him after the show that uh, that was like one of my favorite ones he's he's done so i did have to apologize to him though i forgot to bring the hartzler milk so i'm gonna have to ho- try to hook him up at hell on earth well it's one less ab he has now because of you or does that one more ab he has because of me <laughs> i think it might be more uh unfortunately speaking of eric it was a uh, pretty boy smooth pinning Eric for the win. Let's move on to the next match. Everybody's favorite wrestler, Ethan Wright versus Lee by Everett. Uh, Stacy, what were your uh, th- your thoughts on this match? I know you're a huge fan of Ethan. Uh, so, look, I have made no bones about my thoughts about Ethan Wright. And I will say that every time I have talked about him, I have never discredited that he was good as a wrestler, right? Like, I've never said, like, ah, he's awful, can't wrestle at all. No, he's a great wrestler. Um, And before we even talk about that piece of this, let's talk about how big Levi is over, like, he was was over huge at the Canton show, right? Like, that the Canton Community Days, four shows in a day thing. Uh, And I think that translated over to Akron, like, He's over at like the Odeon shows, but motherfucker was over at this show. People fucking love Levi. Um, I thought this was the best match I've seen Ethan Wright have with anybody as far as at least live in person. Uh, I, uh, I thought his style and Levi's meshed really well. I didn't think it ever felt boring. It never felt like somebody was trying to carry somebody else through the match. Uh, it was it was good. I can't say a bad thing about it. And there was even moments where it seemed like he had like a bit of personality. It I floored. He was great. Like I thought the last match he had with Chase was good too. Um, but the styles were very different uh, with the match with him and Chase. This match, I think Levi's style suits 
what Ethan Wright leans towards as a style. And it just, this match was really fucking good, man. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It was good. I want to throw out there too, uh, granted, not necessarily a wrestling thing, but uh, something that I noticed with Levi, he's got a, a fuller beard now and it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. And uh, I kind of like it. Yeah. It's not, uh, not so much an Amish look anymore. Feels like maybe we're, uh, maybe we're due for that Levi Everett's Rum Springer show. <laughs> Someone passed the that along to GCW. Oh uh, no! I, I mean, I believe that show's been pitched many times. I can't, I can't imagine there's a scenario where nobody's came up with that fucking thing before. I'm pretty sure we talked to Mouse about it at the uh, Ashtabula show. <laughs> I think we did too. I just don't remember uh, what he said. Because I said that's what we need to counter program with for uh, IWTV. <laughs> but yeah, Levi and, and Ethan had a really good match. Like Ethan, as much as people said, you know, like previously, that you know, he has a lot of like rest holds and, he, and he's kind of boring in the ring, whatever. For some reason, I've really enjoyed a lot of his matches. His match with Tom Waller was like one of my favorites on that show that he had. He's he's been gradually getting just slightly better here and there, and I just I've really enjoyed like what he's put out there. I don't know what it is or or why I can't put my finger on it, but I like his style enough that like even when it's like slow or whatever and it's like taking its time, it just feels like a solid match. Like once it comes around to the finish, the 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 home run going into the finish is always like the, that last stretch is always excellent to me and it's always really fun. And like, there's always counters this and that, or it's, it's always been really well done. The, the finishes are always really well done in his matches. I feel like, and that's like the main thing I really remember about the match more than how it started uh, is mostly towards the end or the middle. So I've really enjoyed them. This was no different. This, I mean, Levi, obviously like, uh, Stacy said super fucking over. Uh, Levi uh, was actually shaking hands at this show, which is the first in, in quite a while because of COVID and everything. So uh, it was really nice that he was doing that again. And, um, you know, we got him to churn. Even Ethan Wright churned the butter, which I couldn't fucking believe. I, didn't, I thought he'd do the normal kick it over, do whatever. And he did, you know, get some some tactics in to begin with when they were putting the the butter churn away but still but it was it was more interesting than what he would have done maybe even three months ago where he would have just like fucking tried to break the butter churn right and like he actually tried it and did it and i was like holy fuck that's hilarious i got a big kick out of it so i mean it was i this was yeah this was great i i didn't think this was gonna be yeah, I thought this was going to be just a kind of another match. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. Like every match on this card, like looked great on paper and every match exceeded my expectations every single time. I couldn't believe it. it, it, it each match, I'm like, okay, one of these has got to be a stinker. None of them stunk. They were all fucking excellent all the way through. I lost my voice before the main event again, uh, which I'd been really good about not doing for the last couple of shows, but she was gone. So yeah, it was, uh, this was, this was really great. And this was just, you know, the second match on the card. So you, uh, you think Ethan Wright listens to the podcast? I actually I asked him, he said he does not, uh, but he hears things from people. Okay. Good. Cause it kind of figure, uh, it kind of seemed like he was singling Pam out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Apparently some people told him that, uh, there were certain people that did not like him. So. I mean, you could say he was singling her out, but I mean, she was 
standing in a spot where she was easy to see flipping him off or giving him a thumbs down or yeah. something. So I mean, she's standing by the fucking stage, with, you know, making fucking hand gestures at him. Yeah. Going to notice. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, if it was because of the podcast or because of visibility, but he's not a uh, exactly a a fan favorite in AIW. So I figured, you know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that he could do that too. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, he uh, he definitely made strides forward for me. Like, still 100% a, a heel. But, like, sure, he doesn't need to have charisma to do what he does. But, boy, he could be a lot more effective in his role with a little. And he yesterday seemed way more effective to me. I feel like that's one of those things. He's going to grow into this role. Like, he, you know, he had really just had his one of his, you know, uh, his – he debuted against Derek Dillinger at the last Akron show. So like that match happened there. We had that break. We had go for broke. We're kind of reintroducing him and uh, that kind of stuff. So I feel like he he's going to grow. It's going to take time, but he's slowly but surely getting there. Like he's eventually going to be one of those guys where you go like, remember when you didn't like him and you're going to be like, yeah, can't believe I didn't like him. But when you really look at it, there's a lot of reasons I get, I get what you say. So Oh, yeah. no. What I would like to see is for, for me to not like him for the right reason. Right. Right. That's well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, yeah. you got your people you love to hate. So, I mean, eventually when he really hits that for that reason, like it'll be like, I remember when you just hated him for this reason. But like, yeah, he's he's growing. It's going to take time, but he's getting there. And he's, you know, as, as long as he's showing improvement, I think that's a that's positive uh, any way you look at it. So, yeah, I mean, the so look. There's a there's a need for like bad guys, right? There's yes. a need for heels. Uh he I could see him growing into like the the top one. I could. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I I wouldn't have said that 2 months ago. But there was something <laughs> there was something in that match, man. That it just it was like something clicked. And I don't know if it's I'm seeing something that I was missing before or if he's doing something different. But from my vantage point, it seemed like he was doing something a little bit different. And it worked a lot better, at least for me. Oh, hopefully he keeps that momentum up on the next two shows. So, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Just uh, keep trending in the the up uh, direction. It was uh, Ethan Wright pinning Levi for the win. Let's move on to the next match. Arthur McArthur. Versus Kaplan. Fuck. A rematch from Go For Broke. Uh, I think... That's fucked. <laughs> I think for me, and this is not a an insult, I think this was a typical Kaplan match, but in a, in a good way, this is the the crazy shit we see from him and, and adding Arthur into it. I think this made Arthur look a little bit more of a, like a badass. Like it kind of helped build his stock. At least that's like... uh what I took from it. Uh, your thoughts on it, Butters? Man, like, I thought this was going to be, you know, like, not so much a squash, but, you know, we've seen Arthur kind of slowly, like, he's been building himself up to be, like, tougher, doing a lot, a lot more stuff. And, uh, I mean, he picked up Kaplan like it was nothing and body slammed him. Uh, he did that second rope power bomb that just, like, launched Kaplan across the fucking ring. Like, holy shit, this match was just insane. This, this, I, I, Again, I had certain set expectations and they fucking exceeded them in this match. And I just, I was blown away by how fun this match was. 
Your thoughts, yeah, Stacey? The brawl out into the the brawl out into the crowd was really good. The trash can spot was really good. Uh this is a good match, man. It was very good. I uh I kind of expected it to maybe be not like Butters said, not a squash, but uh just the trajectory Kaplan's been on. I just kind of expected it to be a little less competitive. Mm-hmm. And it was it was good. Yeah, it was a solid, competitive, interesting match that was very much a Kaplan style brawl match. It was good. Very good. Yeah, I don't got uh, much else on this one. It's just I do feel like Artie got elevated. And I think too, like seeing more of you know, the teams of bulking season and the Bitcoin boys in singles competition has really helped them out. Unfortunately, you know, with Mikey not being able to do it right now, but still with the the, uh, the rest, like it's been awesome to see. And when they come back together uh, for whatever match, you know, it's I think it's going to help them out and that's going to help them become uh, bigger stars. Any other thoughts on this match? All right, let's move on to the next match. We had TME versus PME, the main event versus Philly Marino experience. And this this was another f- fun one. I think with PME being this tag team that is, you know, former champions and going to have another title shot later this week, going up against a new team in AIW, basically, but still established in the area, uh, got a great ovation. I think they always do which is awesome to see and uh all in all, I, I had i had fun with this match where we get to at the end of it i think is is very interesting and obviously that there's more to that but any other thoughts on this match as a whole butters man this was i knew this was going to be like a really solid match but again exceeded my expectations because this just the back and forth in here the finish all the the double team moves this flowed excellent um, this sets up all kinds of, again, future things that, uh, and questions and, and thoughts going forward. Um, so much in this match, um, and a lot of the stuff at the end, obviously is where we want to touch on for future stuff, but the match itself was just excellent. Like, I, I mean, there was a lot of like little subtle things that I think like PME did that really was signifying certain things that we didn't pick up on right away or at least i didn't pick up on right away um specifically philly removed the tag rope um early on in the match i mean threw it to the ground i mean didn't um, you didn't you call that out actually when it happened yes I, I i mentioned it to you but there was but that didn't it didn't signify anything major to me right away but that was very much a heel thing to do and it was just little subtle things that i didn't think about because pme have always been you know that that baby face underdog tag team and AIW that are just chasing to get their belts back from, from rip city. And, um, they changed it up, man. They're, they're, they're hungry, but, uh, I mean, main event was hungry too. And they've been going through all the competition here and, uh, they, they made a very big case for why they deserve a tag team title match. So I expect them to get one here in the, in the coming future based off this match your thoughts stacy i have been a fan of the main event before they ever set foot in aiw how they are not unavailable is beyond me uh they should be on fucking tv 
They should be on TV multiple days a week uh, on Turner Broadcasting <laughs> and on their YouTube channel. I don't understand how Tony Khan hasn't signed these fucking guys. But good for us because we get to see them at AIW. Uh, this is not meant as a knock on Philly and Marino. This is not meant as a knock on anyone specifically in AIW or anywhere else. But the main event makes everybody look small. They make everybody look like very small. Those dudes are huge and jacked and they look like fucking comic book characters. It's like fighting two predators, like the <laughs> predator. Uh, it's fucking wild. Like they rule. They are like everything that ruled about like there's like weird like road warrior vibes I get from them. Uh, but like more athletic, there's like Harlem heat vibes that I get from them. They're just, they, they're fucking really big dudes. Like every tag team that was like that, you know what I mean? Like every, there's been those teams where it's just like two really big dudes who you're like, holy fuck, that's a tag team. Well, boy, that's different than all the rest of the tag teams feel bad for the rest of the fucking tag teams. Like they just, they make everybody else look small. Uh, they fucking rule, dude. They're so fucking good. Uh, I definitely think uh, a title reign should be in their future. I mean, they're already uh, long-term and current Black Craft champions. Uh, they're, they're not strangers to championships. Those are prestigious belts, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if you're aware. Uh, but uh, I'm still um, fully willing to buy those belts, by the way, guys. Um, uh, well, that's... Uh, that's- yeah. That's two champions, uh, black craft champions in AIW. And that's counting the sure. tag team champions as, as one. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know that we'll ever see the uh, the women's champion at AIW, but that's fine. Uh, can't have them all, right? But, dude, the main event, just fucking amazing. They, If they were AIW tag team champions, boy, I think that elevates those tag belts. I, it's they're amazing. I, I can't name a better tag team on the indies right now. Can't. I There were some that I would have put in the same category, but like at least one of them is not even a tag team right now. I just I, The main event are on a different fucking level in my book. I will say what I would love to see is the main event with Pretty Boy Smooth <laughs> in like a trios slash six man environment uh, against, and this I've got to give some credit where credit's due to Dustin Alberti for picking the third for the other side, but uh, members only in Cabana Man Dan, if for nothing else, the visual. <laughs> yeah, if, if I mean, if not Cabana Man Dan, would you do Swoggle? I think that's too little, but maybe. Okay. I mean, that's that's funny, but like, I think Cabana Man Dan's about the same size as as members only. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're roughly like the, the same exact size. And, Pretty Boy Smooths, roughly the same size as the main event guys. So it's just like that dichotomy of like, oh, kind of short guys versus really tall guys. I don't know. I just think the 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 visual of that's really funny to me. So I want to see it happen. Could be like a Winchester show main event. Well, here's the the match idea I came up with during this one. The main event versus PB Smooth and Isaiah Broner. Oh. <laughs> I I think that could be a great fucking battle like i remember when the main event first came in i was like oh i want to see uh the main event versus 40 acres and we got that but no offense to trey like he's not necessarily as tall as the other three 
And well, that, I mean, that match was very good. I mean, oh, it was, it was good. I was good. But, like, just the, the visual uh, of height and, like, total size, like, all four of those motherfuckers, like, ooh, God, that would be so much fun. Yeah, I don't know, man, but main event is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like they are going to be another Lee Moriarty kind of situation uh, where I, there's probably a, a ticking clock on those two mm-hmm. for us. Oh, watch yourself. Last time you said that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so by that note, by hell on earth, <laughs> they'll be fucking signed. By wait a minute, by hell on earth, by the time this episode comes out, because we recorded, I forget on what day, <laughs> in between then and fucking well, Thursday. There's not another show until there was like a show in between or whatever. But yeah, no, I know. So hopefully I'm you guys. Good luck, Charm. Maybe I just will this shit. In <laughs> yeah, but to me, and I've made the comparison a lot. I feel like the main event is uh, a lot like, not necessarily style wise, just like they're fit in AIW of like bear country to where like these are two big dudes and they're probably not going to be here long that's what we got with bear country. And like, I even made the comment to Charlie during the show. I was like, I was happy. I got my picture with them when I did, because they were ones that I don't think did merch at shows. I just caught them after an Akron show. And I was just like, I got to get a picture. And they were, they were obviously for it. They were only in for what? Two shows. No, they were in. I feel like they were in for more than two. I, I want to say we're in like, I got cage. I have my, uh, iPad in front of me. I can look up cage match. I want to say they were in for three or four because they had a couple regular matches. And then I know they did the big team AIW versus team create a pro match. Oh shit. Yeah. They were in that, but it was what them and very serious Keith and CPA. I'm trying to remember if he was CPA or Nick snap at the time, but yeah. Was it just those four? Cause then it was versus Dom, which that was a baby. It's too cold outside. Yeah. It was the four. Twan, Dom, and PME. They were in AIW. See, pretty much they were only here in 2019. I think they did like one little bit in 2020. I think they just did like built to last, but just stalling. They did two matches in 2019, and I think 2020 was probably just one. So I was off by one show. They did three, not two. I forgot about that mixed creative pro thing. Ironically enough, uh, their last sh- show was built to last, but their opponents were PME. That's ironically because we're we're talking about PME going up against another really big tag team who then got signed. So again, maybe that was the last <laughs> main event match. Yeah, I Yeah, I I I love uh, the main event. I, I much like I think Stacy and Charlak. I can't stop putting them over. And like we really haven't really talked about PME, but I think as a whole, like on the show, we've talked a lot about PME. And we got it. We got what we expected in this match, like within the ropes, or I should say, between yeah, the thought, between the bells. I thought Marino did a good job of subtly selling what was coming. Mm-hmm. Like every time the crowd didn't give them the reaction that they wanted or expected, uh, you could kind of see him selling it. Yeah. Well, it was uh, Gannon pinning Marino to give the win to the main event over PME, and then after the match, you got. The main event tries to shake PME's hand, but uh, PME almost seems like they're going to go in for it. And then they just like, nope, we're out. Not doing it, which was interesting. I think what I thought coming up, we're about to see PME on a losing streak. I don't know. Well, that's what I was thinking in the moment. Not so much now. 
it was after this we went to intermission but we came back and i I think the the second half was awesome like some really great matches and especially with some guests but this first one was special and i loved it let's uh let's get into it tkd versus effie fuck yeah this match was literally everything i expected it to be they did have uh those moments those sexual moments that I was expecting and like I've seen Effie do shit like that before and it was great we saw that a little bit with TKD recently and it was great Um, Effie getting like I should say TKD getting this match versus Effie I think I said in the preview just awesome and to start off the second half with this was a great idea Uh, any thoughts on the match Stacy it was great Uh, I mean I tend to be a little bit biased in that I think most matches Effie have has are great. Um, I think people maybe don't notice because the character of Effie is so prominent. Like his character work is so strong. You sometimes forget that he's like, he's not a small dude. That's a big guy. Um, Effie's probably what, like six, two big, tall guy. Um, Him and TKD had the best match tkd's ever had for sure um and he keeps getting better i i can't say enough how much the 2021 version of tkd has improved over the guy i remember seeing the years prior between aiw and uxwa and qcw i've seen a lot of tkd matches um and man it's like a different guy like the 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 new gimmick and the new kind of freedom that he has with his character shines through in his in-ring work uh there's there's a charisma there he just seems comfortable it fucking rules i'm so happy for you are correct he effie is six two yeah at least according to cage match your thoughts butters um I wanted to actually bring up something you mentioned in the um, previously. I think it was one of the other reviews about TKD uh, and, 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 you know, his, his match style. I, for the longest time, like I I didn't pay a ton of attention, but I've been obviously paying attention a ton more uh, this past year, especially with go for broke and everything. And I'm more invested in him now than I ever was. Um, I still had a lot of issues with his timing. I know this is just sounds nitpicky probably, but like, I felt like he was still like little, like just not a hundred percent in the ring. Every time it still felt like he was slow when he was like doing, trying to get certain things off. Cause like, there's a certain way to do it. And it just like, he was, he had it in his mind. He was trying to do it. You could see like he was concentrating on that, but like, it just didn't come off like as a smooth motion. And I didn't really see any of that in this match with Effie. Uh, his scorpion kick that he hit actually looked impactful and didn't look super contrived when he went for it. It it came off really great. Effie sold it like a million bucks. Like it looked beautiful. A best one I've ever seen him hit. And, uh, and so I, I was going to, you know, take that to task for a minute. But I'm like, you know, after this match, maybe what I was thinking that I had seen previously, I, I, I that was old TKD and that's not current one i'm seeing more often because this it felt like he had even advanced since the last match he had and this was even better than that so i think putting him in there with effie who has all that experience who's 
been all around the country and all over, uh, you know, the world at this point, he, uh, I feel like that really gave him even more confidence. I think that that helped him with his movements because he still did just his movements just didn't feel right. But even in this match, they were great. Like he just, I was very, very, very impressed. And I think that, uh, the idea of putting in these young guys with this experienced talent and letting them, you know, have these dream matches pays off because I think that going forward, he's going to look a million times better in every match he has. And he's going to have that confidence because he had that match with Effie and he, he did such a great job in that match with Effie. So I think that that was really a, uh, a real big booster for him for this match. And it just came off beautiful. I loved it. I think a big thing in some of what you said that you've seen in the past could be, and I can be wrong. Uh, sometimes in professional wrestling, you're only as good as your opponent, if you know what I mean. And True. so some of those things just in, in what I heard you describing sounds to me like it might not have always been Tommy that made it not look as smooth as it could be. You know, if you, Effie is somebody with a lot of experience, like you said, uh, Effie is somebody who is a, a top tier talent, uh, in independent wrestling. Um, so it's not shocking to me that when, uh, you get to work with somebody that experienced, that good, that the little things that maybe sometimes didn't click as much in matches with people without that much experience, now look smoother because you've got somebody doing their part correctly. Um, and that's not to say that there probably aren't gaps in, you know, everybody's, but I just, I, when you were describing that, it popped in my head that like, Oh, well that kind of did make sense because if he is more experienced, things should look a little more smooth when the person you're working with kind of has that ring awareness. Oh, I guess the the reason why I mentioned it is because I feel like it was consistently happening. It wasn't like I'd see it in a match here, or a match there. It was consistently every match. So, and, and, and at that point you can't really say, well, it's, it's his opponent's fault. I mean, at some point you got to say, if this keeps happening and you're noticing it every time he wrestles, it's got to be on him at some point. Yeah. Maybe it is the talent he's facing as well, because they're not as experienced. You're a hundred percent correct there, but I felt like a, a, what I was seeing wasn't so much on them the way that it felt like a misstep. It just felt like he was timing shit in his head and you could almost see him like stop to think about what he was doing at like while he was trying to do it. And it just, it, it like it was very brief when he do it. Like it, it maybe, you know, I, for some reason I just kept picking up on it and I was just like, I don't know. It just felt choppy. Every time I think about it, I think of him being real choppy in the ring. I, it's, I don't know why I want to say choppy, but just not, full motion it felt it just wasn't full motion this like you said that this this was just full motion and i just felt like whatever i was thinking before that i felt like i saw every time with him i did not see in this match so i hope that that improvement sticks and going forward and well, just, i'll say this yeah i'll say this too i think the gear change has done wonders for him mm -hmm. he seems more comfortable and moves more fluidly in that new gear than he did in the old kind of like taekwondo gimmick gear that he had before and i would imagine wearing some fucking shorts that fit a little more comfortably probably does allow you to move a little more comfortably in in the ring uh but god man 
I've I've just watched him consistently this year get better and better. And this was like the the pinnacle, the cherry on top of him uh improving. And this I you know, I, I saw Thorne post somewhere i don't remember if it was in the discord or if it was on twitter uh but that this had been like a a a dream match for him so fucking so so good for him that he got to have it uh and it that both of these guys knocked it out of the park oh and another thing he's definitely not six two because i have a picture with him uh from black label pro and i'm about six foot maybe six one on a good day and he is he's a hair shorter so he's got to be I don't know, 5'11", probably. I don't know. I He's about my height, Little, I think a little bit taller, looking at the picture that I took with him, and I'm six foot. It's the hair. It has to be. That that giant poof of hair on top, because the picture I have with him, you can see he's not really like bending into the photo. He's, he's literally standing right next to me. What were you wearing on your feet, and what was he wearing on his? I think we were just both wearing tennis shoes, honestly. Cause I, I don't wear any type of boot or anything. So gotcha. sketchers all the time, all the time. That's what's comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. He's that wrestler six, two. I mean, that's he's what two, but he's probably closer to six. See, that's what, know. that's why I said that, uh, that's he's what it says on cage match. Like, I'm tall with a lot of guys. So like when I see a lot of, like a lot of these, these indie wrestlers, like when they come in, like I, I tower over a lot of them too. So it is what it is, but. He, he is a tall gentleman and he is very fit and he's very, he's just an awesome person. Like after the show, like he was, he was outside and we were talking with him. And so when I brought up, you know, um, I bought his hot sauce recently and stuff. So we were talking about his hot sauce. Uh, just, just a nice guy, man. Just, I, I hope we get to see him back again. Um, he'd be a really fun addition to AIW. Any more on this? Well, it was Effie pinning TKD for the win. Let's move on to the next match. Jocelyn Navarro versus Thunder Rosa. I talked about earlier how Arthur MacArthur looked in defeat. Like I felt like it was really, it really built him. And I feel similar with Jocelyn and Thunder fucking Jocelyn kicked as much ass as she could, but I felt like she was at least hanging with Thunder Rosa. And that says a lot. And especially, you know, like watching her, progress meaning uh jocelyn over the past handful of years like this is easily one of her biggest matches ever i think it goes up there with her versus jazz but if we're talking like current people who are out there making a name for themselves then it's it's got to be thunder rosa thoughts on the match stacy it was great uh jocelyn is so there was there was that kind of mass exodus it seemed like of mega students that kind of came over to aiw it seemed from the outside like all at once they may have trickled in um but at some point it was pretty obvious that a lot of them had moved over right um and some of them showed various levels of improvement in in that move jocelyn's improvement from what I remember seeing her the first time I saw her wrestle at Mega in who fucking knows what year that was, but a long time ago, um, the 20 teens somewhere, uh, to the Jocelyn that has been wrestling in 2021 and AIW is holy shit different. Um, she is very good. Um, she, she has improved just in, uh, amazing ways. Uh, 
to the point where I would say as far as like a regular roster member uh, that is a, a woman's wrestler, she is probably the best we've had since Shayna was here all the time. I, I would say uh, she's she's great for match with Thunder Rosa. Great. Um, it's a huge deal for her to get to wrestle somebody that high profile. It's going to put a lot of eyes on her. That's another thing that, you know, we didn't really talk about in the TKD match, but like because Effie's in that match, there are naturally going to be more eyes hit it and then more eyes, you know, take a look at at TKD because of it. Very much the same for Jocelyn. And I mean, she's already been uh, getting out there like she's had matches seems fairly regularly in like Vegas. And so like this is just going to help elevate that for her and help her move to another level. And that's fucking great to see. The other thing about this match is this is the first match of the night where I noticed Tuan losing his shit over at the fucking merch table. <laughs> he, I think he was going nuts during uh, the main event versus PME, but this he was... Have, he may have been, but I... This I, was amplified. Did like, you notice it? You know, this yeah. was way bigger. Like He was like way more vocal on this one. Way more vocal. And it's it's fucking great. Yeah, he was like a one-man cheerleading section for Joss from over at the fucking gimmick tables. It was amazing. Your thoughts, Butters? So I kind of put this out there on Twitter last night, too. Um, but I'll reiterate here. The Yeah, uh, Tucker was, was definitely... Um, Big Tuan was just going crazy over there. And a lot of us were. A lot of us, you know, we've watched her grow from Go For Broke and and come in and have these banger matches every show and just really you know show that she can fucking hang with anybody um you know like the likes of allison k and everybody else and it's just like this was that moment like you know this is going to be her her one of her star making performances and it felt you could feel it and it felt special and um I've been invested in her from go for broke because of the story she told on go for broke. And, uh, it really made me connect with her, um, and everything. And I, it just, it really like, it was one of those things just watching that match happen. And it was just, even after it was all said and done, like I, I, I teared up and I was like, you know, it's like watching one of your kids make it like, it's, it's crazy to think about, like, you know, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever said two words to her in person. I, I've only seen her in passing. I've never got to really have a conversation with her, but like just, I was that invested in her and knowing like what this match meant to her and meant for her profile and meant for everything. And it just, it was a big moment and you could feel it in the energy in the building. You could feel it. And it, it just, it all came to, to that head at, at the end. And it just, it was a beautiful moment and um, it just, it was great. And it, it, uh, it just, yeah, it just, it, I loved it. It was, it was wonderful. And I, I can't wait to see what she does next because it's, she's definitely got, she's got something there. So. Well, and Thunder Rosa put her over huge at the end of the match too. Absolutely. I hope that's included, uh, when they upload it to IWTV, uh, that, you know, the, the end piece there, I hope it doesn't just kind of, cause sometimes it just cuts after the, the, the fall, <clears throat> but I hope they leave that in. Uh, because she said a lot of great shit about Joss after the match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, Thunder Rosa making Jocelyn tap to pick up the win, and then, you know, after the match, she puts over Jocelyn huge and even calls her the future, which I 100% agree with, especially with all the work 
she has done over the past handful of years to get uh, better, get out there a lot more. Like we even talked about last week and it was, you know, you kind of touched on a little bit, Stacey, about how she did Ace Degenerates and then literally the next day she was in Vegas and she's someone who has done a lot of traveling. And I think with women's independent wrestling, like that's very big. And it's just like waiting for like the next big opportunity for her. And it's, it's eventually going to happen. She's someone who is just hardcore dedicated. And uh, I've said it before, she's one of my favorite murderers. Any other thoughts on this match? All right, let's move on to the next one. A rematch. Uh, Matt Justice versus Derek Dillinger. And uh, I do have to correct from the preview episode. For some reason, we thought that Matt won the the first go around. Uh, no, I had Derek correct me and had a couple other people correct me. No, it was uh, Derek that won the last time. So that uh, that that's a little bit different. And apologies to Derek for getting getting that wrong. I have my iPad in front of me. I can easily check cage match, but half the time I'm trying to go off memory. So my apologies. This is this is another match that I. I got exactly what I expected. I don't think we're done. And, you know, I'm not going to harp on it because I do all the time. But, you know, Derek getting like another towards the end of the show spots. And rightfully so. Thoughts on the match. Uh, Also, actually, uh, we need to uh, point this out. Matt did not do the jump in the crowd because Stacey did not have front row seats. Uh, He, well, we now have assigned seatings. Uh, And, yeah, I think he... He was going to do it, and then I, I, I'm guessing that like that corner like chickened out, and they're like, "No, nah, we don't want to do it." So he totally skipped over. And also, this is something because we haven't been too accurate in a while that I thought about in the middle of the show, and I hadn't I haven't brought it up here on the review yet. We didn't do the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, I noticed because I was specifically sitting outside waiting to not be forced into Patriot. <laughs> And uh, all of a sudden, I heard the AIW music, and I was like, well, I guess I should probably go inside and get my seat then. <laughs> I just assumed they would have Artie take over the potato roll, maybe come out and, you know, hold the flag, possibly Osama bin Laden's head. I don't know. And then, you know, everybody <laughs> has to do their thing. But glad to see that shit's over because that's fucking dumb and shouldn't happen at pro wrestling shows. I, I wonder if it's just because, like, we're potentially not going back. I don't, I don't know if, if, Maybe, if or it might have been that all the old assholes that care about that were down doing the fucking haunted house for the children and not up at the fucking <laughs> shrine. Hopefully. But yeah, the, I, I wanted to point that out. And yeah, Stacy, you did not. You were not part of catching Matt Justice. I, I was I was not. There was no there was no catching Matt Justice at this show. Pedro's going to have to go off the stage at you. But, you know, Ugh. he could have. He could have. I don't know. He didn't even he didn't even see where I was until he was in the ring and he looked over at me and was like, oh, I was like, sorry, man. Third row. <laughs> Are we just going to get to a point where like Matt could crowd surf? I hope I think that was the original plan. That was like the original hope was that he could dive over and get like, but, but you know, I guess that's kind of a big ask. Yeah. So uh, thoughts on this match, Stacey? Uh, I mean, what's there to say? It was fucking great. It was, again, another match that was exactly what you would expect out of these two. I could watch these two have this match or a match uh, on every show and probably not get sick of it. Um, I, I thought, you know, with Akron, the the intensity 
is usually turned down a notch or two. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I mean, it, it still was a little bit like Derek didn't gush gallons of blood like he has the last couple Odeon shows. Uh, but he, he still got bloody. They brawled out in the crowd. They were up. This this is the match that went up onto the bleachers, right? Where they fought up at the top of the bleachers. Or was that? No, that was Cardona and Josh, huh? Yeah, I believe that was a main event. Yeah. yeah. But they still, they were out in the crowd. Like a big part of this match happened outside of the ring, which you would expect. Um, the one thing about this match that I thought there would be a little bit more of, but I guess the setup was there, um, was I thought there would be a little bit more of Ziggy and Fonzie. Uh, and I mean, she did hit him with the chair and he was kind of laid out at the end and he posted that weird fucking foot massage promo uh, where he kept referencing Beulah. And I've been saying for like since before the last show, boy, if Fonzie's going to have a match, I would love to see it be him and Ziggy and have it be like him and Beulah was right. Like kind of like a, a throwback for the the ECW fans who remember that match. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it will be. I mean, that match. Go back and watch it for those who haven't, but that's a fucking bloodbath. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought there would be like a little more setup to that than there was, but there was, I guess there was enough. I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what hell on earth brings, but uh, I thought, I thought both of them would be a little more involved. They were sort of like, they were less involved in this match than they've been in some of the, some of the, the previous match between these two or like just Derek and Matt's respective previous matches lately um which was kind of surprising to me your thoughts on the match butters yeah i mean stacy's right like i felt like there was less involvement like it was almost similar like it it kind of played into the, the the finish and uh you know bill did get busted open and had a little bit of, had some blood coming down his head um from the from the her throwing the chair but it's like i really wanted them to more do this almost as like a, a tornado tag where like they're all just fighting with each other and anybody you know whoever's around they're gonna get hit like i feel like that would play better than like like i really felt like they were handcuffed with like bill and ziggy just staying away from everything constantly like there was plenty of opportunity for them to interact and like they did interact here and there with you know justice and and derek but like i felt like there's way more opportunities and way more things that could have been worked in with them interfering against the other uh, opponent and and playing into more of a you know a, a like a tornado tag with the intense rules um because that's really like at this point what i want to see if we don't get like the singles between ziggy and bill is i just want a tornado tag with these four um just to go fucking crazy with because you know that's you know they could totally do that and it would it would be fucking great so i just was you know they felt really handcuffed at that point um no pun intended the first match but it just i really like felt like ziggy's handcuffed with some of the stuff because she could do so much more and uh she, she you know with her being the the little uh yappy dog at ringside that you know she is it just i felt like there's just so much more they could do like her and bill both and it just they let you know derek and matt do their thing and which is fine um and they you know they had another really good hardcore match and uh obviously setting up for the the third and final uh blow off so we'll see what happens there but 
and I almost, you know, my, my brain went to again because Akron is kind of a weirder venue and a different crowd than the Odeon crowd or the normal Cleveland crowd. That I almost thought, well, maybe they held back because like intergender shit and the reaction that like some of the old fucks at the shrine might have to that um, might not. You know what I mean? But I don't know if that was a thing or not. Uh, That's pure speculation on my part. But it was just when there was a little bit less of, of that kind of stuff in this match. And again, it's a fucking singles match. It's not a fucking tag team match. So I'm not going where Butters did and is expecting some other shit. I expected a singles match, but like both of these guys, like Matt and Derek with Ziggy and Fonzie respectively are both usually pretty heavily involved in their matches. Uh, And it just, especially Ziggy is usually very involved in Derek's matches. And it just seemed like that was toned back a little bit on the show. Um, and maybe that is a, a precursor to things to come where they're going to be even more involved in the next one, or it's going to be, you know, that, that individual match or whatever the blow off to this thing is. But, uh, it was just something I noticed that it felt like they were just both a little less involved in this match than they had been previous. I didn't really put much thought into it, but now that you mentioned it, yeah, I think being at the Tadmore shrine could be something that, that held them back. I'm guessing we're going to see a rubber match. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe even after the rubber match, that's when we get, you know, maybe Fonzie versus Ziggy. Because I, I just feel like that match is coming. And I, I think that would be awesome to see for someone like Ziggy. And uh, like it was it was kind of mentioned like today on Twitter and lo- like a lot of praise for um, like Jocelyn. And like I took a moment to like throw in Ziggy into that, too. I'm just thinking like how much both of these women have just work hard and grinded to get where they are now. And it's, they've made a lot of progress and you can go back to the, like the last time we were in Akron, you know, Ziggy made her AIW debut and not necessarily that talent initiative, but the one before that is when Jocelyn tried out for AIW and she didn't, she didn't get on that show for the new, that new talent initiative. And here we are now. And they're both, have their roles in AIW and I think I think that's awesome. And I mean there's a lot of people like that in in AIW who like went through the new talent initiatives and are killing it right now. Even going back to that first one that you know Joss was at, that's the one that Lee fucking debuted at and obviously look at him now. So I wanted to reiterate what I what I said on Twitter of you know Jocelyn and Ziggy of just two insane badasses in just the idea of what, like with the Ziggy or what she's doing. And I think what could potentially happen more with her in the future in AIW is do like, we just, we've just scratched the surface. I think there's a lot more. Any other uh, thoughts on this one? All right. Um, it was justice pinning Derek for the win. Let's move on to the main event. Matt Cardona versus Joshua Bishop for the AIW absolute and intense championships and the match is under intense reviews. reviews. I mean, reviews, uh, rules, thoughts on this match. Let's go with Butters first. It was electric. Uh, Cardona came out and, you know, half the, it wasn't even half the crowd. It was a section of the crowd was for him. The rest of us, uh, including the Bishop Brigade, Brigade uh, were all for Bishop. And uh, we had lots of great chants for Bishop. 
Um, it was good stuff. And uh, this this match was hard-hitting and uh, a lot of fun. Hell of a main event. Stacy. I hope some I hope somewhere Kenny Wang like subconsciously knew that there was a grown ass man chant that happened for Josh Bishop. That this thing somehow evolved from Mount Carmel with Kenny standing in the back screaming, That's a grown ass man, and you're a beast bishop to uh, a whole crowd chanting grown ass man at Josh Bishop. Um so yeah. Cardona definitely had his his small little group of supporters that were there. Um, but the crowd was already, and I mean, that's a carryover from the last time Cardona was here. Uh, that the crowd, I mean, he's polarizing enough that the crowd cheered for two infinity and beyond and Wes and Josh at the Odeon, right? Um so the 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 turn of Josh being a face, I feel like was already done the moment the match started, right? Like he was he was definitely working as as not the bad guy in this match. Um the match itself was great. Um uh, I I thought they had a, a fucking really good match. Uh it was solid. I, I'm not gonna say it's the best match Josh has ever had. Uh I'm a little bit biased on that. There are a couple I would put in front of this one, but it was a, a really good match. Butters, I can't remember. Did I was I rooting for anybody in this match, or was I kind of quiet? Uh, you kept saying new champ. <laughs> and when we got the finish, I looked at you and said, "This is your fault." It, it, it's not my fault. Um, this 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 decision was made uh, before the show, much like the seating chart. You know, it's your fault, Butters. But uh, that is not my fault. Uh, Thorne even told me it wasn't my fault. Well, then <laughs> I can I can back up that the seating chart is not Butters fault. However, Butters was vocally grumpy about things that have in turn made a seating chart a thing. Yes, this is true. So Cardona winning it was a, is not it my was fault. A different person who was vocally grumpy long before that made this uh, unfortunate necessity because people can't figure out how to adult or handle their business on their own. Like as an adult, if I had paid for a seat and I walked up to my seat and there was a motherfucker in it, that it was my seat, I would move motherfucker. Uh, but uh, everybody ain't me, I guess. So I think that's what part of, you know, we've been with all these shows and like the, the, the special guests, um, that this has come up a couple times uh, on Twitter, especially today. Uh, we're getting this new class of fan in, and some of them don't know uh, a not to be a piece of shit, and b uh, there are rules here. This is not nom, so you need to follow what the crowd's doing here. You're not your own maverick. You don't get to do whatever the fuck you think you want to do. There's there's rules here. Like, yeah, you don't fucking take somebody else's seat. If you paid for a general mission spot, you're fucking standing. You don't get to take somebody's second row seat. That's not how this works. And, you know, the other thing that I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second, but it's not going to be huge. Like the other thing that's come up quite a few times, like there, there's been fans now that have been pieces of shit, you know, being homophobes and, and being racist and everything else. And we don't fucking stand for that here. Like you're lucky if you just get escorted out, if we catch this shit, like 
you're you're lucky if that's all that happens because somebody's you're gonna pop off and somebody's gonna fucking hurt you before you people get to you like you need to to respect the performers and then respect other people when you're in this group this is a, a space where that shit ain't tolerated and not one fucking bit uh and it's I did not hear it at this show, but it apparently happened very close to me. I didn't hear it at all. I heard there were two old guys behind me that said dumb shit, but they were like saying old guy dumb shit. They weren't saying anything that uh, I would have hit my radar. And that said, the last show at the Odeon, I fucking put a guy in his place and, you know, he said racist shit at that show about a couple of roster members. And I made it very fucking clear that that's not tolerated and that he needed to not say that shit around me again, tried to apologize to me eventually. And I was like, well, I'm not the guy you need to fucking apologize to. Um, that shit is not tolerated. I'm like the nicest fucking guy in the world, unless you're being a racist, homophobic, bigoted asshole at the point that you're doing that. I'm going to give you two options. Shut the fuck up. Or I shut you the fuck up. If it means I get thrown out of an AIW show because I wrecked your dumb racist ass, show so be it but it's not going to just be like fun and games i'm i that shit does not fly with me at fucking all and to my understanding from everybody i know around aiw it don't fly with anybody else either now the problem is we're talking into the fucking wind here because nobody who's going to hear this is the fucking problem all right uh but that shit don't fucking fly and i think that's a fucking given I don't care who you fucking are. I don't care what you fucking think. You can think whatever dumb fuck hillbilly bullshit you think. Keep it in your goddamn skull till you're in your trailer park. And then you can say whatever you fucking want to to your other fucking cousins, you fuck. Go on, Stacey. Don't hold back. <laughs> no, man. It's, it's serious <laughs> shit for me, man. Yeah, I mean, I no, I, I agree. I agree. I don't tolerate that shit at all. One of my favorite things that has ever happened to AIW was when Ethan Page mm. put that motherfucker on fucking spot when he said the dumb shit back at Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. This isn't new. It's not like this is a new thing where all of a sudden we don't tolerate that shit. It's not tolerated. It's not tolerated by the fans. It's not tolerated by AIW. There's no fucking place for it. And uh, if, if by some fucking chance some dipshit who has done that or has intentions to hears this warning don't yeah because i'm not i'm not alone in the opinion i have there are plenty of other people scary way scarier than myself who i i am certain feel similar you know and and to that effect uh you know the the pre-match stuff that steve does kind of talk about every time yeah we kind of laugh at it roll our eyes but uh at this point i you know i always thought it didn't need to be said but maybe something needs to be said now because we're getting a lot of these these new fans, and I think that's where it's coming from because it's not people we know or have seen before. It's all these people that are one-offs or that you know maybe they're this is them starting to come into the shows and then they're they're doing this shit and you know I, I don't want to see that anything escalate. You know, the, 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 just don't come if you're going to be like that. Like I hate to say that, but. Yeah, don't don't do don't be that person. So just I think that, you know, something needs to be said. Maybe uh, when, when, you know, he's going over his instructions at the beginning. I hate that we have to be, you know, fifth graders. But this is the world we live in at, at this point where we're going to have to tell these fucking children that, you know, you can't just say what you you know, what no filter and think it's going to fly. Yeah. So 
And look, man, I'm. You can say there's all sorts of horrible things that you can say to the the fucking wrestlers. I'm not saying that you can't say shit to people. What I'm saying is you can't say bigoted, racist, homophobic nonsense to. Yes. If you want to say all kinds of horrible shit about their mother or whatever, have at it, man. You paid for your ticket. Um, just just know that some of those dudes get clowned on real hard. Like crowd comedians get theirs too. Like your jokes better be funny. <laughs> or there's there's certain folks who have already felt that wrath lately too. Um, yeah. but that's fine. I do whatever you want to. You paid your fucking dollars. But there's no place for racism. There's no place for homophobia. There's no place for bigotry. So if you've got something to say about the place that you think someone should be in because of their ethnicity or because of who they love or because of what sex they are, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you and die. I think the the worst part about all this is this isn't like something we've just thought about recently. You know, like that Ethan Page incident was what, 2018? Yeah, just at least four years ago. Yeah. We, we, we had inc- it was at Mount Carmel and it wasn't like at the end of Mount Carmel. Yeah. And like we, we had, I won't necessarily get into it, but like, you know, we had another incident like in 2019 and that was something like, you know, we were like, oh no, like we're not, that's not flying here at all. And like that was shot down quick. And we would, there might've been something even last year too. I can't even, I can't remember, but the, the, definitely the main point is like, it didn't work then it's not working now and doesn't matter who you are. We don't like it. Yeah. And, and you know, butters, you might be right. It might be something where there needs to be an announcement about like, Hey, don't say racist shit. Um, don't say homophobic shit. If you do, you'll get removed. And if somebody's like my freedoms, well, that's a big red flag that you probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> like if you if you have a problem with being told not to say racist shit, you're probably a shitty racist. Yeah, I just you know the more I think about it, like I know there's other uh, promotions that do have like that kind of announcement at the beginning, um, and I feel like. A lot of a lot of the times, you know, you don't have that kind of issue, but unfortunately, we're getting a lot of newer fans in here, and unfortunately, you know, with new fans, sometimes pieces of shit rolling with them, and you gotta hopefully you can curb that before it has to be done and take away from the experience of the show because you know that's so that's you know one of the worst things you know to take away from from the performers and what they're trying to do uh and that's you know the last thing i want to see happen but you know yeah well and it's been an escalating problem this year and i mean it wasn't just at the shows like there was a thing at an after party at the very beginning of shit coming back where somebody said some fucking horrible racist shit and now that person isn't welcome anymore right and so this is this show, so there's been nine shows this year, right? Am I right on that, Summers? Nine so far? I will pull up the uh, cage match, count them. Two at the end of April, then the fucking Major Bros show, then two at the end of July, three in August, and this show. Oh, then maybe this is the 10th show. Yeah, this is the 10th show. So 10 shows, and at least three of them, either at the after party or at the show, there's been... People saying racist shit. That's not good. 30% ain't a percentage I'm comfortable with on that shit. That shit should be 0%. Back in the day, I would say it was maybe like 10%. You know what I mean? It would be like one show a year, maybe. There'd be some dipshit who would mouth off, and then that would be that, and they'd be done. So three in a year is concerning. Yeah. And I think what we could do as fans, obviously, if you hear it, fucking speak up. 
yeah, call the person out. Don't be afraid to tell a racist they're being a racist and just shut the fuck up. Because I promise you, if I see you telling somebody they're a racist and I see them being shitty to you, I got your back. I'm going to be right there to be like, nah, pal, that ain't how shit flies around here. Shut your fucking mouth. And I'm sure there are plenty of people around you that will certainly have your back mm-hmm. on the idea of calling out a racist on being a racist or calling out a homophobe on being a homophobe. And again, I'm not telling anybody how they should think. You can think whatever you want to think in your own home, in your own trailer, fucking your own cousin. You can do that whenever you'd like to. Uh, but when you're in a group of people, you're going to keep your fucking mouth shut about that shit, period. And if you're not comfortable with confrontation, there's plenty of staff for AIW people sure. around. Go tell them. Let them know what's going on. They'll come stand by. If they hear it, they're gone. And, you know, maybe that's all it takes. If you're not that kind of confrontational person. But do if you see something, say something. Don't just let it go. That's not what it's about. For sure. Anyway, let's talk about let's, – let's get back on track here after all that. <laughs> um, let's we talk- talked about how the match itself was good, but we haven't really talked about what happened. So, yeah, that's so- where we were. <sighs> all right. After- Let's uh let's get into the finish. All right, Summers. Take lead us off, man. Uh with assistance from PME, Matt Cardona pins Joshua Bishop to become the new AIW Absolute and Intense Champion. Thoughts on the finish? Doing like how I did the last one? <laughs> For good reason. Uh butters. Okay, so you know, I've been I've been begging for a story, something for this match. Like I was kind of bummed. We're getting like a one-off here and uh, I understood why I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be it. This is going to, it's going to be a good match regardless. I I really don't have, you know, I don't complain too much about anything. Um, I like my stories in wrestling. So, uh, but there was a story being told this entire time and it just didn't click with me. There, there was a story being told this whole uh, from go for broke all the way through. There was a through a thread there that, just I completely missed and it was there right in front of me. And as you know, things unfolded in this main event with PME coming out and uh, we knew instantly as soon as we saw them, well, they're going to fucking go after Bishop. There's no way they're going to help Cardona. So they started obviously beating the shit out of Bishop and uh, it clicked with me that, Oh my God, uh, they've been slowly going bad this entire time. And we've been going crazy for, Wes and Bishop and they've been going good and we got a double turn here and holy shit uh it it blew my mind and I I, I loved that portion of it uh the man that now holds the gold in our promotion I do not like um for many reasons uh but he's now the champion and uh kind of got to deal with it um, obviously everybody's like instantly, you know, head booker coming up with the next move here. Um, I have things I'd like to see, but I am invested in where the fuck we're going to go next. Cause I have no fucking clue. I know what I'd like to see, but I have no fucking clue what's coming now because I'd never in a million years thought this would have happened. Um, and here we are. So yeah, I mean, holy shit. PME good times. Good vibes is now, uh, some assholes that are that I guess, you know, disenfranchised with the fans and, and their love for rip city. So sorry guys, but you, uh, you picked a pr- pretty, uh, monster of a guy who continuously kicked the shit out of you guys for the last, how many months, 
to, to fuck over. And, you know, you didn't see him mad. You saw him having fun toying with you guys. You've now pissed him off and made him lose the thing that he loved the most in this business, those titles. So good luck dealing with that version of Bishop because I wouldn't be wanting to fucking deal with it. So have fun Friday when you guys uh, try to take the, the tag belts off of him because I don't see it happening. Um, good luck, boys. That's all I got. A minor note that I noticed afterwards, and I don't think anybody's pointed out, and I don't think it's a coincidence. PME's gear was Matt Cardona's colors. I did not notice that. Holy shit. They didn't necessarily match what Matt was wearing, but like that purple and blue is very much like a primary Matt Cardona colors for a lot of his stuff. And I'm going to, I don't think that was on accident. All right, Stacy, the floor is yours. Uh, so look, man, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the double turn was probably needed. Um, and it will probably be good for both of them. And, and the way it was done is fine. Um, as far as, you know, the story that was told going up through, uh, I mean, it is, it's the story that happened for, for go for broke up through now was the, the rift, the division between PME and, and rip city and, you know, every, everything that played into it. And yeah, that's, it's good. I, so look, man, I don't have any issue with that. Um, I, I have made no secret to anybody who knows me that I, I don't dislike Matt Cardona, the wrestler. I dislike Matt Cardona, the human. I think he's not. And there's plenty of bad people in wrestling. There are actually probably plenty of people in wrestling that are shittier actual people than Matt Cardona. But I don't like Matt Cardona because of how I've seen him act in shit that's outside of wrestling to like people's livelihoods in a completely different business. He's outed himself as being like a privileged piece of shit who uses his own influence very much in a Jim Cornette way to get his stupid followers to hurt people's actual businesses and livelihoods for him to get his own way up to get a fucking vintage toy. Um, he's a shitty person and I don't like him. Um, but even at that, that wouldn't, that alone wouldn't have made me be like, well, I don't really like this creative. I, I don't like this because of how close it's happened to something similar happening somewhere else. And that somewhere else is a place that is notoriously fucking awful at telling stories. And so I'm not of the mindset that this story couldn't be told better. I just don't think it needed to be like the AIW thing is always make We're making movies. In this case, I guess you're making a remake because this literally just happened. Um, will this story be better? Maybe. I mean, one of the other things I've seen is like, oh, well, his social media presence. Well, I see how that matters for like the other company because the other company sells pay-per-view. AIW doesn't sell pay-per-view. AIW gets IWTV streams. Maybe it's going to be pay-per-views. I don't know. Maybe that's what it's going to move to with him there. And maybe that will. I don't see how he's like the social media boost to me just seems like it would just be like a clout chase. I don't see how there's like real return on it. I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I think, and again, it's, it's not, not my clowns, not my circus. You know what I mean? Like this is somebody else's game. I'm a fan who just pays money and, and watches a thing. Um, I just think for 
all of the building of people inside the company. If you knew this was a plan that you were going to try to do this move the whole time, Ethan Wright, sure, he doesn't have like a big social media presence, but then you've built the guy. I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of it being Cardona. And the reason I'm not a big fan of it being Cardona is because GCW, who has ripped off AIW time and time and time again, I get that, just did this. So it seems real like copycat. And like, even if you can do it better, and even if they've done the shit you've done before, why be better by being different? I don't know. I mean, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully it's very interesting. I hope. But I just, I mean, I had also been someone who said, like, I don't know how you put all three belts on Bishop and then make it not boring. Well, I guess this isn't boring. I'll give you that. It's not, it's certainly not boring. But like, I don't see Cardona's followers buying tickets for shows in Cleveland. I don't see it turning into some kind of merch sales for AIW from having all these extra eyes on AIW. It's not like there's a big online merch side to it. So like where Butters is looking at this very much from like, a, you know, like the kayfabe side of it, I'm looking at it from like the, I don't know, just like it doesn't, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of the the turn. I'm a fan of all the shit with PME and, and Josh and Wes and all of that. I just think there could have been a better person to use in the spot that Cardona's in. Cardona had a little bit of heat from that last show with Josh and there's, that little bit of story there. I get that. But I just feel like if you knew this was coming, you could have done this with somebody else and, and like done that same setup or, or done a setup in a little bit different way. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think for me, because I have been on record of saying I didn't like, you know, Wes winning the Chandler Bangs Memorial Tournament. I didn't like Rip City winning the tag titles. Like they just, it wasn't my pick type thing. Not that I necessarily hate it, but I was like, ah, where you took a left, I would have taken a right. Fine. But going from like the PME and Rip City side of it, uh, that part I I do thoroughly enjoy because I didn't see Me it too. coming. Even earlier in the night where we were seeing some things from PME, didn't necessarily think they involved in the main event. And I think a lot of conversations I had with people um, through text or whatever, not just not, not here on the show, but we thought there's no way that Bishop doesn't walk out champion. He's like, we're like, he's winning the match. Well, and for reasons I won't talk about on here, I really didn't either because reasons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's definitely a swerve. So, I mean, kudos on a swerve. Um, and if it's going to be fucking Cardona, um, having him have like edge heads is funny. You know what I mean? Like Philly, Philly and Marino are now, you know, Myers and Cardona to edge. Yeah. But, you know, Cardona's edgeheads. Um, so that's that's interesting. And I mean, that's certainly a way to get heat on Philly and Marino extra. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm not uh, in, in the mindset of some people like that one dude lost his fucking marble. Mm -hmm. um, I good for him. I mean, I none of this shit matters that much to me. This is a, a thing I watch for entertainment. Uh, <laughs> but I just. I I have a lot of respect for the AIW creative, and I just felt like they could have done much better. And maybe maybe they will prove me wrong, and that this will be super entertaining coming out of it. But like I just I just feel like there's so there's 
And I, I couldn't name you anybody now because you can't just like plug and play somebody into this. You can't just be like, oh, well, instead of Cardona, it could have been X, Y, or Z. Because you have to have the a little bit of a build in some way to it. You know what I mean? Even with Cardona, there's a little bit of a um, But, I mean, I just... I do. I wish it would have been somebody different. Sure. Um, is it? No. So we'll see where it goes. I'm in the minority of liking it. Um, oh, I saw plenty of people who seem to like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people also don't have the same opinion of Cardona. I do. A lot of people aren't maybe looking at it from like the the side of it that I'm looking at, which honestly, if, if you're just a fan and I'm just a fan, maybe it's not the way I should be looking at it. But uh, to me, it's just I. There, there are certainly things that I think where it could have been done differently and maybe built even more from the inside than than what has been done with this. And I just don't have faith in the idea that like his social media presence gets you anything other than some momentary clout. So, I mean, let's be 100% honest here. Like, for the most part, some of us know more than the average fan when it comes to the workings of wrestling. Um, and I feel like you have hundred percent valid points on a lot of stuff that you talk about. The thing is, um, you know, we've, I don't know what it's been with, uh, since the pandemic happened, but I noticed a lot more people just not having faith in things. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, that it, it, it's the, the way the booking is, but I feel like, there's a vision here. I mean, there was a lot of time where we didn't have AIW, so I don't think that that just disappeared out of um, Thorne's life or, or, you know, people that, that book for AIW's life like it kind of did for us because there just wasn't, you know, anything there. So they've had stuff brewing in their mind that they've wanted to try or what they could do. And then when they've put this stuff in action, we've continuously said – I don't have faith in this. I don't like the way this is going. This is going to be boring. I can't believe they did this, but they haven't let us down yet. It's been entertaining. It's been something else. And I feel like sometimes we just got to give them that little bit of, you know, we're all willing to say, okay, we'll see where where this goes. But I just feel like I'm not even going to jump into any, any deeper water with it. I'm, 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 I bought the ticket. I'm taking the ride here. I have faith that they're going to give us something fun. Uh, will it rival or be better than GCW? I don't know. I don't pay attention to them too much. I get like, yeah, they're kind of, the, 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 there's a feeling of a, almost a copycat situation. But honestly, I couldn't tell you what the hell really happened with them. And I, yeah, they're gonna. Some fans are gonna see it come in. Maybe there's some clout things going on there. Um, so we get some some eyes on AIW. That's cool. But I feel like. With this, I, I'm I'm here for the for for like the you know I, I believe in Thorn and, and them and I think that there's gonna be a fun payoff here, and there's gonna be things that they can do and I just I have that faith for some reason I they they've earned it with everything they've done um I feel like there's there's been twists and everything with it uh to where we haven't been 100% happy with how things have gone. And I think eventually when we get that payoff of, you know, that shining moment for a certain wrestler to, to win a belt or to do that kind of stuff, it's going to feel that much better because we had this, this fucking road uh, of the shit we've dealt with. So I get people are just not having that faith there because, you know, this was the more obvious choice or this was, you know, probably a better option, but I've been willing to, to ride this out this whole time. And, um, 
why I didn't like some of the stuff. I wasn't super vocal about it because, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, Stacy, it's just something I watch for entertainment. And I've been pretty entertained by everything. And I just, I, I think that there's a lack of faith, uh, maybe not a ton of, of, you know, lack of faith, but like th- there's some lack of faith there from a lot of people. I think that he wouldn't steer us wrong. Like we we've been here all this time. He's built us as fans. He's not going to steer us wrong. Now there's no point to do that. He's going to make it more interesting for us. He might get, you know, we might get some other fans in here that, that, didn't pay attention before that's obviously the goal is to keep building but it's gonna it's still gotta be entertaining for us too so i feel like we're not getting what we want now but we're getting we're getting what we need and eventually we'll get what we want it's, it's coming it's just i i have the faith there i think that's that's my piece i, I think the, i got the faith i'm just waiting to see like now if it all blows up and sucks then you know it is what it is but i don't think that's gonna happen i, I feel like he's got his finger on the pulse here enough that they're they're They got something up their sleeve to do this. Like they wouldn't steer us wrong like this. Um, a, it's just terrible business to do that. I, I think they don't want AIW to close and, and all these people to lose out on work. So I think that we just got to have that little bit of faith. Oh man. It, for me, is is not a matter of faith. Uh, like I said, there's the only option there is, is to either, you know, you watch it and you see what happens or you, you don't watch it. That's it. You got two options. Yeah. Uh, there's, 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 there's not a third option. So, I mean, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I just, you know, it's, it's whatever. Would I prefer that it not be Cardona? Certainly, certainly would, but that's nice. not, not, that's not for like reasons of the story necessarily. I personally don't like him as a human. I would rather not be in a building with that human whenever possible, but you know, whatever. I don't think there's a lot of people that get that too, but it's, uh, it's hard to just look at how wrestling has been. Like things have changed so much since the pandemic too. Like, um, you know, like things were going really crazy before and now things just feel even more different. Like we've come back. And if you look at the roster for AIW now compared to where it was before, there's a shit ton of changes and it's just, we're evolving again. Like it's, it's really fast. It's really loose. I feel like, man, I miss having this person here, that person here. And those people gave more options for things to happen with. And I think that where we're at in wrestling in general and with how everything goes now, there's not as many options. And um, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see anybody else, but Cardona too, but unfortunately, I think he was the best option for it. Um, this, this just, to me, this just felt very close. Like it's like a step away from being like, well, let's just bring four, four Oh, in. I mean, honestly, like it's that, it's that honestly, level of, it's that level of like, Oh, well, here's this thing that's happening other places. Let's just do that too. Like, let's be this other indie that just did the same fucking thing. Instead of being like the, the, the innovator on the indies, the AIW has been, for in in general it's history this is like the first time it felt like kind of a, a follow as opposed to a lead and i guess that's what bothered me okay is it feels like it's i'll, I'll say yesterday i said it felt lazy um i don't even know that it feels lazy it just feels like why 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 do something other people have already done and failed at i mean sure it, it drew some tickets but it's a different thing like they do shows all over the place. AIW does shows in Cleveland. You know what I mean? So at the most 
you get a few extra Matt Cardona fans in Cleveland. And then how many shows do they keep coming to before? Like, well, I've got my picture with Matt Cardona seven times. So I don't know that I need to come for the eighth or, well, I saw Matt Cardona wrestle the last three times he was in town. Uh, there's a, some other thing I want to do. I'm going to go do that. Like, I feel like it's just a matter of diminishing returns. I don't feel like the dude is that fucking popular. I realize on a, a national scale and a niche market, those dudes do very well for themselves with their major wrestling mark thing. But I just don't know how that specifically helps AIW, a Cleveland wrestling promotion. I mean, they, but they, that's not for me to worry about. It's not my fucking, you know what I mean? I guess yeah, I just, I don't, I just want to see good shit happen for AIW. And I, I like the idea that, you know, they've always kind of been innovators and this just doesn't feel very innovative. I mean, they, they do have fans that will travel and see them wherever. And of that group, Matt is kind of the most popular one, but at, at the same time, he might be like the most hated. I, other, I mean, other than you, Stacey, I know people that don't like him for many other reasons, but I could, I could actually see potentially some more fans coming in to see him. I, I think there was a lot more coming in for a major event, but that was also like with Toy Hio. So people had like, oh, I could like even like, you know, Adam Van, who you can catch on at odds this week, them talking about this exact show. But, you know, he came in for both of those he might not be one that comes out for you know the the next one but i think that there are fans that like that do travel and i i've i've seen it hey man and hopefully that works out hopefully the game will pay off i i certainly don't want to see aiw not succeed i just don't i don't know again it really comes down to that like it very much feels like uh why try to do something better than somebody else has just done yeah. When they just did it and it stunk. Well, you know, I mean, obviously it can't be worse than like using Frank the fucking clown and then having the title change on like a squash right after, after having like a, a weird four, four Oh run in on a match like that. The whole creative over there was just like, but that's the, that's the creative over there all the time. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know if anybody even bothers. I think they just jot some shit down on a notepad before the show. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, it's going to be better than that. But that's like saying, well, I can write a book better than my 10 year old brother. Well, I'd hope I'd hope you can, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I really hope that we can look back at this, you know, at Gauntlet or Abso and just be like, you know what? I didn't like it in the moment, but because of that, we got I, I this hope it's fucking over by Gauntlet oh, but- I hope by like March or April or whenever Gauntlet happens. This is a thing of the past. And. <laughs> They've moved on to something that actually moves the company. But what, I, what I'm uh, what I'm saying is, is we would have a bigger picture. We would know what's going to happen after this. And even after that, like knowing like a way bigger picture. Sure. Yeah. I mean, who knows? There's a lot. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of shows. You know what I mean? Like there's time between now and hell on earth. There's almost two full months. So. And I, I think it know. means a lot too. And it, it, it says a lot about AIW that Matt would come to AIW. Far as what I understand, he has said he is very selective on where he goes. He's just not doing any independent show. You know, even if he wants a you know weekend off or he wants a, he's got to do something because I know he's got a wedding and all that shit coming up. He he won't do it. And it doesn't he, say a lot. Hmm? Does it though? I mean, so not to not to 
not to, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but like obviously, I mean, Lauderdale paid him, I'm sure, through the fucking nose, mm-hmm. or maybe he didn't. I mean, I'm, he seems to be a, a swindler. Um, but like, is it a stretch that Cardona would come here? I mean, remind me who's who's on his podcast. I don't know. I don't. There's a oh Swaggle. Oh, Swa- yeah. No, Swaggle's oh. not on the podcast. Oh. He's oh, a friend. He's part of that group. He's, he's on par- all their fucking merch. <laughs> he's the, the podcast is still the three uh the three of them. Oh, okay. Well, I don't listen to it, so I'm fucking no. Um, but he's on he's certainly on all their fucking merch. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, who else? Oh, B- Brian Myers. Well, gee, those two guys haven't spent an enormous amount of time at AIW, have they? Well, gee, if there was a place where Cardona knew he wouldn't get like fucked around on an indie. A guy who spent the majority of his career working in New York on, like, television wrestling and doesn't have a lot of experience with the indies. Well, I think you'd probably think you were pretty safe at the place where two people you're fucking friends with can vouch for and have worked at multiple times. So I don't think it says anything that he would work AIW. I think if he was going to work anywhere, if you would have told me when he got fired from the WWE that he was going to work one indie, I would have said, well, he's going to work fucking AIW. Or any W, because that guy, I don't even know where his fucking money comes from, but he just runs like fucking ballparks. Um, But yeah, the idea that he's at AIW is not, that's not in any way shocking to me. I mean, the funny thing is about it when he got released, or to say him, you know, him and Myers got released, and he, I was like, all right, you know, I'm expecting Brian Myers to come back. You know, he, he loved coming to AIW. Okay, so expect him to come back. Okay, well, I think Heath would probably come with him. Have Heath come in for something? At this time, I was thinking like maybe we would have Jaylick because this was like early pandemic, and I was like, no way, no way, we get Cardona. Like Card, Cardona. I'm still actually kind of surprised that we haven't had Heath Slater. Yeah, well, um, he he has been out for a little while. Like he just oh, he got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. yeah he just came back on impact, so that could have been a big thing too. Like we we potentially well, could have had and, him. And AIW really hasn't been bringing people in. You know what I mean? Like it hasn't been like a this year hasn't been like heavy on big names, you know, like X X E people, anything like that. But uh, no, I so my honest thought from the beginning when they both got released was, was oh well Myers will come back because he knows what the score is on indie wrestling and Cardona's gonna think he's worth more than he is, which I don't know shit about shit, but I do know what I've seen, <laughs> and he certainly thought he was worth more than he was out the gate, and then that number diminished for him a little bit. Uh. And I don't know what his deal is, you know, as far as numbers anywhere now, but I, I think it's obvious for a lot of these fucking XWWE people that you don't see them booked a lot of places all the time because their numbers, I'm assuming pretty fucking inflated and, you know, they're getting that one promoter in Alabama or that one promoter in South Carolina, who's willing to spend some stupid money to bring in an XWWE person for whatever bloated number they have. And eventually it'll all go the way of Ryback for them where you either lower your number or you're eating fast food in a car, talking to a fucking camera all day. Kind of feel like this is the longest conversation we've ever had on a main event. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot here. I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious to where we're going to go. I think the idea of pairing, Cardona with PME at a part of this already out the gate puts it ahead of what GCW did because we're going to actually put over another talent and have them associated with it. 
I I don't disagree, but again, like I said, it it feels like a remake, and it's also yeah. like a saying that you can do a better story than GCW is like saying that you can write a better story than a ten year old. Well, I fucking hope so. At a bare minimum, you do. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the main event and our new champion, Matt Cardona? I thought the match was really fucking good, and I think Matt Cardona's pretty shitty human. I'm Butters. Yep. Uh, ditto. Um, I'm, I'm not going to ditto, and uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear what. Well, I mean, I know the kind of person he is. I'm. I won't. I won't hide that. But like, yeah, I can't wait to hear what Adam Van has to say. And I hope. Well, I'm sure he's going to stroke him off because he loves Broski. Oh yeah. Wait, you think Adam Van's going to? That's that's just as shocking as like, oh, you think Matt Cardona came to AIW? Like Adam Van's going to say nice things about Broski? Shocked. I would be shocked. No, you want to really shock me if Adam Van came out on fucking at odds and was like, fuck Broski. This is dumb. At that point, I would be like, well, that's a fucking turn from Adam Van. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a broski party on there. Good for him. I'm happy he has a happy thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, broski would have to turn on somebody else for him to, if there if there is anybody even out there, to be like, nah, like, I like this person over broski. My condolences to Joe for having to hear the broski party on <laughs> this episode. Yeah, so... uh I'm mad at Adam Van about is that Adam Van was going to make the trip for this show, and if he made the trip for this show, a certain Mr. Joe Sposto was going to come with him, and Adam Van deprived us of Joe Sposto at AIW, so that's what we should really be mad at Adam Van about. Well, that's the biggest heel turn of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I w- really wasn't sure of the details of that. I know that that was uh, like potentially going to happen. But all I, I know because he put it out on Twitter yesterday, or I would have never said anything because he did mention it to me a while back because he was trying to get the day off. And I understand work comes before you know play, but uh, I had to give him sh- I had to give him shit about it because we all wanted to have Joe at AIW. So well, Joe has his standing offer. I am sure. Sometime in the not so distant future, we will see Joe at AIW. This is true. Love you, Joe. I have a hashtag for it, but I don't have it memorized. I literally just copy and copy and paste it. But we have two more shows this year, and I want Joe to come back this year. I mean, if it's 2022, fine, whatever. But I'm pushing right now for a show this year. I was hoping it was going to be this one, but I mean, now we got Hell on Earth and whatever the December show is going to be. And uh, the December I would say sh- this: if I if I were Joe, uh, and it was winter, I would not be making that trek across Haiti. I would wait until it was not winter. Ah, uh, November December can be hit or miss. Like there, oh, there for sure, for sure. Like we could definitely have it to where hell on earth is like decent for weather. It could it could also be shit too. So oh, it could it could be sixty five degrees and sunny on Black Friday, or there could be a foot of snow. Mm-hmm. it's ohio it's the it's the gamble that he would ha- have to make that's why this this show made the most sense to me all right that's uh <laughs> a pretty lengthy episode didn't necessarily expect it to be that but we went on a little tangents and, and whatnot sorry butters for running so long any final thoughts for last minute plugs before we go butters this show was awesome uh exceeded expectations it's up on iwtv right now go watch it uh and uh get them numbers up uh well i don't really care about the numbers but go watch it because it's a fucking awesome show and then uh join everybody on twitter uh going bananas about everything that happened 
um, and get ready for hell on earth because shit's going to get wild. So let's, uh, let's rock and roll. What about your plugs? Oh, my plugs. Yeah. Uh, I have a show IWTV guide. You can check that out. Um, this week we're, we're going to talk about some no peace underground and how much I hate, uh, no ring wrestling. Uh, and, uh, we're going to have some guests on later on this month. Uh, we're, we're working with getting the bore on and, uh, Joe Sposto is going to come back on, uh, towards the end of the month and, and do some fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Charlie underscore butters at C H A R L Y underscore butters. I heard that Thunder Rosa got, gave Jared a real weird look when she signed uh, the autograph for Charlie with the L Y. Uh, I've always spelled it that way. There's a movie, uh, based on the book flowers for Agronon. Movie was called Charlie. Charlie was spelled that way. It is what it is. Uh, love you. Peace, Stacy. Uh, so I mean, I uh, I'm on here enough. Everybody knows what I do. My podcast isn't going to be around until Christmas time. That'll be the next episode. I'm moving. Uh, so no October episodes. No November episodes. Um, there was just a semi recent episode uh, that went up on the burning with. Uh, Austin from if you catch my Griff podcast, which you guys should listen to that, uh, all of that, that show is very good. Um, but yeah, my shit will be back with silent night, deadly night, uh, in December. And then in next year, it'll be back to a, a regular schedule, but taking a little break ski, uh, from that for a minute. Um, all disagreements and hate can be sent to, uh, at Stacy Silvers <laughs> on Twitter. I just, it's my real name. So there, no, no kayfabe there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's it. Um, so I got to plug in. And of oh, course, go, oh. go to Maslin, Ohio, starting this coming weekend, uh, and go to Smoke and Jay's Barbecue where they are opening. Uh, they're having their grand opening Friday and Saturday. I wish I knew the fucking address, but. If you go to Smokin' Jay's BBQ on Twitter, um, Brock has the information posted up there. But that is the Smokin' Jay's barbecue that you may have had at AIW shows. You may have had it at Toyhio. He now has his own restaurant. There are like some fucking dope looking sandwiches that he's selling. Like the menu's a little more expansive than what it's been like at some shows that you may have had it at. Uh, Maslin is not that far of a drive. If you live in Akron, uh, Canton, Kent, uh, and it's really only like a little over an hour from like Youngstown and, and Cleveland and shit. So, um, go support Brock, uh, and his new venture of actually having a full blown restaurant. That address is 1008 ninth street, Southwest. Maslin, Ohio, and you can call 330-245-9606. And that is just reading it straight from the announcement on Smoking Jay's Barbecue's Twitter. But of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much I can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, please rate review and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon music, and Podbean wrestling 
Dot.com and all of those links you can find right in the podcast notes in our link tree link. Also, check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Let the Hate Flow Through You, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Gay Marks Podcast. We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Marnie and Sarah Love Wrestling, This Ends at Prom, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thirstor Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, and woo-woo-woo, you know it. Ooh. It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back, other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max, signing off Ohio, Good night. The world, Good night. We love you, we'll see you next week